It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome you to the virtual bible study for thursday january 29th 2015 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you tonight good to be back with you really yeah you've been gone here for so long i don't we have to retrain you on your on your uh, role here uh, but it's especially good to have you back, and Dan is running the board and have Dan here tonight because we have had a day of computer trouble. And uh, so uh, thanks to you guys, we are hopefully back up and running. If you've got, if anybody who's listening, if you see any issues with what we're doing, uh, you're not getting what we're putting out, why please let us know so that we can be aware of that. But we started out the day with no Internet connectivity, had to... Configure a new router and then, which was really taxing your skills. That's way out there at the limits of yeah. my technical yeah. skills. Right. And then, then the computer, uh, the yeah. sound card, and all of its configuration on the computer started acting haywire. I think I'm taking the blame for that because probably something I did caused it. But anyway, you guys got it back, and we appreciate it. Yeah, Dan is here tonight, and we'll look forward to hearing from you, Dan. And we'll look forward to hearing from you as well at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. In the chat room to the bottom of your video feed, if you're watching us on the live feed tonight, uh, sign in in the chat room there and chat with other listeners. Look forward to hearing from you. You have an interesting topic planned for tonight. You want to talk about fellowship. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a hot-button issue like some of the ones that we deal with on the virtual Bible study from time to time, but I think it's a really important one, and I think it's a concept that a lot of religious people don't understand, and they use the concept of, fellowship, I think, in a faulty way or an inaccurate, not a mm-hmm. biblically uh, consistent way. And okay. we, so we want to talk about Bible fellowship tonight. We, It's been a while. We've talked about fellowship before I got on the archives, Jacob, and found that it's been almost nine years ago since we last devoted a study to this subject, and that's probably too long. I mean, I, I think it's important. So here's the questions we sent out earlier today to our update list. We always remind you, get on that list. If you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and say, put me on the list earlier today. It was a little late today because uh, I couldn't get on the Internet until I got, oh, to, okay, until I got, until I got that router re- yeah. reconfigured. Yeah. Uh, and so it was late going out today. I think it was about 2.30. And uh, here's uh, what we ask by way of questions that you can give feedback on. Number one, what's the literal definition of the word fellowship? Number two, what is the basis of Bible fellowship between individuals? Number three, how would you prove that true Bible fellowship is a spiritual matter rather than a fleshly or social one? Number four, is it wrong for Christians to get together, share a meal, have a party? Can the church organize and sponsor such events? And number five, what about using social or recreational activities as a means of drawing people that we might then be able to teach the gospel? All right. So uh, there's lots of ins and outs on several of those questions, and we'll try to cover those as we go through. But probably the right place to start, Jacob, is what? how do you define fellowship? 877-381-4567. It's important that we do that because, as you said, uh, 
Well, the religious world seems to have it uh, somewhat mistaken, and, well, it may seem insignificant, but when you misunderstand the word and its meaning and its application, then it can lead to some practices that wouldn't be in uh, harmony with what the scriptures teach. I, I think you're right. All right, so we got a Greek word here. That, uh, well, you know, of... if you, I think if you went out and took a poll and just asked people, you know, sort of man-on-the-street interview, what does what is fellowship? Well, I think most people will probably relate that to something about church, something about religion. I mean, that's a word that, and we don't talk yeah. about fellowship. That's not a common terminology except in religious sort of conversation. They're not having they're not saying they're not using that word at the bar tonight. No, you know they could. We'll talk about that in a minute. They could, but I think most it's people religious word. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Okay. And and most people though, if you ask them, they would say, well, it's it's like uh, when we get together for a church supper mm-hmm. and we have a good meal, or when you know we have we have fellowship when we play softball together, or uh, you know any kind of a party with food and games. Would be, I think, in many people's mind, that was what would be what they would equate with fellowship. And and that, you know, the, the a definition of a word is is def- determined by how we use it. So people use that word in that sense in, in the English language. And that's what it means. But the Greek word has a different connotation. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the, in the way it's applied in the Bible. In that's it. How it's used in the yeah. Bible. That's what we're interested yeah. in discovering is how it's used right. in the Bible. Um, the Greek word. That's translated fellowship in our New Testaments is the Greek word koinonia. And it means, Vine says, it means literally a sharing in common or a communion. Thayer says it's association, community, communion, joint participation, the share which one has in anything, participation. Okay. Now, it can be anything. It, it, you know, it, it could be a, a business venture. It could be a, a social event. Uh, it could even be something that you ought not to be doing. For instance, look in First Timothy chapter 5. Something you shouldn't be doing, you can have fellowship. Huh? You could participate in something that you shouldn't be doing. Okay. And so it, it, the, the, the very literal meaning of koinonia is a joint participation. In First Timothy chapter 5, verse 22... Paul says, lay hand suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. The word partaker there is from our Greek word koinonia. Don't have fellowship. Don't participate with them. Don't be doing Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Okay. Uh, Look at another place. 2 John, verse 11. 2 John, verse 11. There's one chapter in 2 John. What chapter now is there going to be? The one chapter there. Okay, got it. Okay. Uh, Chapter, uh, uh, 2 John, first chapter. Verse 11, he that biddeth him, uh, uh, verse 10, if any come unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not to your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Yeah. He'd, be, he'd be having fellowship with yeah. him. He'd be, he'd be participating with him in the spreading of, of a false doctrine. Yeah. So you get the idea that it could, be, it could be anything. It could be something you shouldn't be doing. But if you're participating in that, if you're having joint participation with someone else, then you are in fellowship with him in that. Here's an interesting usage. Again, this is all in the New Testament. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 10. In Luke chapter 5, verse 10, Jesus was uh, calling his apostles. Uh, uh, and it's, well, this is, I guess this is after that. But anyway, in verse 10, it talks about James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Mm-hmm. 
and and Jesus said, "Fear not; from henceforth thou shalt catch men." So he was, you know, calling them into his service. But the word "pardoners" there—they were partners with Simon Peter in the fishing business. It was mm-hmm. a business venture. They were business fellowship, and they had fellowship. Okay, uh, so that's the word. It it just means that. Uh, I think I like the expression joint participation or sharing together. Yeah. And it could be about anything. Okay. Now, what we're interested in is is what is the way that it's primarily used in the New Testament and because that that how it's used is how we ought to use it. You know, it, I really think there's an important Bible principle that we ought to use Bible terms in Bible ways. You know, and, and and we ought to try to keep our speech as accurate to biblical usage. Uh, as is possible, you know, if if you come over to my house some evening and we have pizza and Pepsi Cola and I call it the Lord's You're Supper, right, right. that's not the Lord's Supper, yeah. you know. Uh, and it may seem insignificant, but there's some there are ramifications to, to using those terms right, directly. Yeah. Right. So we want to use Bible terms yeah. in Bible ways, yeah. and so we want to use the term fellowship accurately. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about having parties, eating food together, playing games together, all of that. We can do that. Uh, but when we're talking about Bible fellowship in the sense that it's used among Christians in the in the scriptures, we need to use it accurately. All right. 877-381-4567. Kevin in Hot Springs, Arkansas, has typed in Greek in the chat room. Oh, the wow. Koinonia. The best have that Greek keyboard. He's got that. Wow, that's all Greek to me. There you go. Thanks, Kevin, for that. And uh, Well, look at that. He even, he even anglicized it and spelled it in English, too. Kevin's yeah. on the ball. He is nailing it tonight. And, and Randy in Swartz Creek, Michigan, has given us some definitions as well that, that go hand-in-hand hand with what you've said there. Uh, he has an interesting one. The right hand is a sign and pledge of fellowship in fulfilling the apostolic office uh, is one. And so there, there, there are some uh, maybe some gestures that go along with uh, this idea of fellowship or, or participation. Our friend Chris in England said, I got this late, so I have a short reply. But I was late getting it to him. It was almost bedtime probably in England by the time sorry, he Chris. got that. I'm sorry for the late. For that. Yeah. He couldn't go to sleep till he got your email. He, he said, fellowship is from koinonia, which is to have the same thought. So it comes from having a common confession. Uh, that, that common confession is homologio, the same thing. It has to be, the, from, it has to be in the word, word only. First uh, John 1, verse 6, we say we have fellowship and live in darkness or worldly. If I can put it that way, we are living a false way. Uh, we meet together in the church. Worship should be holy or separate or distinct, if you will. It needs to be a spiritual thing, not a worldly or fleshly thing. Christians can share a meal in their home, but church is something different. Tell me if a gold plate falls into a pool of mud, has the gold plate become dirty or has it cleaned the muddy pool? You have to be careful because so often the bait with which you catch the fish all too often has to be the stuff that you use to keep them. No problem if it's the word. Big problem if it's a disco or a concert. He, <laughs> he's covered all of our questions there. We'll get we'll, we'll we'll get to some of what he had to say, but he agrees koinonia is the word. And Clay here in Columbia has sent in his response. Thank you for your response tonight, Clay. He says, I guess you could say literally the word fellowship is uh, means to have something in common, to share. Exactly. A good definition. Thank you, Clay. Exactly right. All right. So uh, hopefully we've got that pinned down. But now how is it used in the Bible? That's the important question. We've got a couple minutes here before we go to break, Jacob. So I'd like to go to just the first place where Christians were in fellowship. Okay. And it's that word is used concerning them just shortly after the church began in, in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, we know the first gospel sermon was preached. Uh, and men were taught to be 
uh, obedient to the faith and to be baptized for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. Uh, and many did. Uh, verse 41, Acts 2.41, they that gladly received the, his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And the very next verse says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, notice what was going on there in that. Uh, everything, I think, in the context points to spiritual activity. They had heard the truth. The first gospel sermon had been preached. They were convicted of their sins. They obeyed the gospel and became Christians. They were baptized for the remission of sins. And so then in verse 42, the, the next thing we read after they've been baptized, the next thing they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and prayers. Well, the context would argue then that this is in line with everything else. It's not introducing a new thought here. It's in line with everything they've been taught. Yeah. It's all about spiritual matters. Certainly the apostles' doctrine is a spiritual thing. Prayer is a spiritual thing. I would argue that the fellowship and the breaking of bread is also spiritual. It's their spiritual fellowship with one another. And the breaking of bread in that verse, I'm convinced, is the observance of the Lord's Supper. Right. We'd have to go other places to help confirm that conclusion. But I think in the context that the, even the breaking of bread there is a spiritual thing, the observance of the Lord's Supper. All right. So we have in the context here, the fellowship mentioned is a spiritual thing. Now, it's not. Uh, and we'll talk about this as we go on in the program, but it's not the youth lock-ins, it's not the senior retreats, it's not the social that they're engaged in here. It's, this is a spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, well, read that verse again, Jacob. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and they set up a church softball league. Yeah. And yeah. after they played, they went into the dining hall and had... Pizza. We'll talk about that some more as we go along, but it doesn't fit the context. It really wouldn't fit. I mean, no. that, that's obviously ludicrous, but it wouldn't even fit in that verse yeah. to, to think about them playing games or having a party. It just yeah. doesn't even fit in the yeah. description of what they're doing in there. In verse 43, fear came upon every soul. I, I mean, were, were they that good at bowling that they, you know, people were scared? Uh, wonders those, Christians, those Christians can knock the ball out of the park yeah. every time. Yeah, they're throwing so many strikes that uh, fear and wonder is yeah. coming upon yeah. the... the uh, no. Okay. So, again, I mean, we're just... That's obviously tongue-in-cheek, but the point we're trying to stress there is... The context would not allow it to be used in the way that it's often used. Not by saying that you can't. We're not saying you can't use it that way yet. We're just saying here we see it. How's it, it, how's how's it, used, how's in it used in the Bible? Yeah, that's, that's okay. what we're trying to point out. Okay, all right. Let's grab a break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more. All right. When we get back for the break, we want to hear your thoughts on the idea of fellowship. What does it mean, and what is the basis of Bible fellowship between individuals? We'll get your break, and then get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. I'm Larry Raspberry, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a question for you. Do you believe in parachutes? I suppose you do. You believe they exist? But that's not what I mean. There's a difference between believing something or someone exists and putting your confidence in it or him. One who has seen a parachute knows they exist but has never put his confidence in one. Trying one on while standing on the ground isn't faith either. Going up in a plane intending to jump out with a parachute on is not faith in the parachute either. Opening the door at the moment of truth and gazing outside to the ground is not faith either. It is only when one jumps out the door, counts to ten, 
and pulls the ripcord that he has actually put his faith in the parachute. Many of you believe parachutes exist, but only a few have actually put your faith in one. Many people in the world say they believe God exists, but only a few put their faith in him for salvation by doing what he says. We'd love to help you in developing a saving faith in God. If we can be of assistance, please contact us. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. And thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Beware of a conclusion no one holds. For instance, there's a good reason everyone believes the world is round. If I weigh the evidence and arrive at the same conclusion, because the evidence demands it, the conclusion is still my own, no matter how many others may hold it. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. A foolish man tells you what he will do. A boaster tells you what he has done. A wise man does it and says nothing. Man, wish I'd said that. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about fellowship, and we want to get a biblical definition of the word, how the word is used in the Bible. We can use the word for a lot of different things, as you mentioned already, Dad. We could have fellowship and changing the oil together in the car, but... Uh, how does the Bible use the word so we can use it accurately in our uh, application? I see a, a, a note that just popped up from our friend Jim in Kentucky who says, actions with respect to family, society, and church are things that many in the religious world have difficulty keeping separate. The denominational concept of fellowship does not separate these things. And that's what we're suggesting is the problem. People wanted to use that word, Jacob, in a non-biblical way. They're not using the word the way it's used in the Bible. All right, that's right. And so we want to, and, and it's, it's important because of the application and how we get authority for what we do. We need to understand the word and how it's used. Yeah. So you reference Acts chapter two. We have other places well, in the New Testament. Well, yeah, I thought it's interesting. One thing we ought to point out before we leave that Acts chapter two uh, passage, Jacob, is if you want to read about having a common meal, they did that in Jerusalem. Skip down to verse forty-six of Acts chapter two. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now there, I think, is talking about them eating food, just common food, eating meals together. But it's separated from the verse earlier that we described, verse 42, that's talking about the spiritual fellowship they enjoy. And it does. Uh, it is interesting that the context there, or the uh, the scope of that, is in, on the individual basis. They're doing that from house to house uh, as they eat their their meals together. Yeah. Kevin in the chat room says, the word fellowship is generic, so many have used the general definition rather than comparing context in God's word. Does that mean they place more importance on the works of Webster than that of the Holy Spirit-inspired writers? Maybe, Kevin. I think that's probably right. Because my guess is a lot of people would be pretty much aghast if we said, don't be using the word that way. You know, they, they, So they have their softball game, and they call it fellowship. I, I mean, I know I, I hear people even, you know, we had a lot, we, we went, we had a, maybe we, we went to the park and had a pitch in there. We had good fellowship tonight. I hear people saying that, and I want to stop them and say, in a, in a, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's not the way we want to use the word. I mean, certainly we enjoyed what we did. We'll talk about that again some more here in a minute, but I, I, I just, I don't use the word that way because I don't find it being used that way in the scripture, and I, I want to reserve that word for its primary 
usage as 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 the way by the Bible again just because of the ramifications of using it improperly yeah. uh okay and, and Randy in Swartz Creek Michigan's references John chapter 2 verses uh John second John verses 9 through 11 what you referenced earlier where yeah. they, we can have fellowship with someone who's practicing evil teaching evil yeah. uh and so and, that, and we don't want to I don't want to do that right. right okay all right so now we ask a second question what's the basis of bible fellowship between individuals in other words I want to have fellowship with you, Jacob. How are we going to have fellowship? Is it based upon you're a good pitcher and I'm a good catcher, and so we'll we'll have fellowship in in a ball game? Mm-hmm. Or Dan's a good cook and he really is, and I'm a good eater, and so we'll have fellowship. Dan will fix his barbecue and I'll eat it for him. All right. You know, well, you could use it that way. You could use the word that way, but that's not the basis of Bible fellowship between Christians. It's this. Uh, is described real clearly. I think this is a really important text. First John chapter one verse three. That John, John writes, "That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you." Well, actually, I want to back up a couple of verses from that because he's talking about Jesus. He says, "This is First John chapter one verse one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life." For that life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested in us. It's talking about Jesus, right? Yep. He was with Jesus. He was an eyewitness. So he goes on, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So here's the way Paul described it. He said, You can have fellowship with me. I have fellowship with God. You have fellowship with God, therefore we have fellowship together. We're yep. joint participants in yep. this relationship with God. Yeah, and that's that's the way the word is used in the Scripture. And so it's on a it's on a spiritual basis. Yeah, and we need to understand that. I th- I, th- I think that too often maybe we're, maybe our relationships are, are too shallow that we think it has to be based upon something social, or, or yeah, something carnal or physical that we've got in common. Yeah, that we can we can we can have a lot of close relationships in the church because. Well, there's a lot of folks in there that like to do what I like to do. Yeah. You know, a lot of folks like to like to go fishing. You know, we got we got a bunch of guys that like to go fishing. We've got a great relationship with the. We got we we have really strong fellowship out on the lake. You yeah. know, or our young people. You yeah. know, we have lots of young people's programs, and what we mean by that, of course, is we like to get the young people together and feed them pizza, yeah. uh, take them to the amusement park, or go whitewater rafting. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's all fun. That's all good stuff. But. But you know, it is a shallow concept to say, well, we have fun together. We enjoy each other's social company. Right. Therefore, we have fellowship. That's not the way the Bible uses that terminology of a relationship between Christians. It's, it's an easy trap to fall into. I think we need to be careful of that. But it's so, it is so shallow and it pales in comparison. And the problem with that is if we, if we base our relationship on our carnal interest and desires, then there's folks that we can't have a, a spiritual relationship with but just because we don't have the, spirit, the, the carnal things in common you know yeah, that, yeah. that guy that uh, doesn't like to fish i what, what do you i got nothing in common uh, with we can't have a relationship but if we're if our if our fellowship is based upon a mutual relationship with the father right then we have the most important thing in common right. and we can have fellowship right right uh jim um, makes an interesting note in the chat room he says one might even argue that spiritual fellowship will lead to doing material things together those who are of the liberal mind do it backwards. They use material things to persuade people and hope to lead them to spiritual things. I think it's a great point. 
You know, uh, there are some people in the church that I enjoy fellowship with that we don't have a lot of this world things in common. You know, uh, I like to go hunting and fishing. Yeah. And we've got some brothers in the church here who never go hunting and fishing. Right. Well, do I have no fellowship with them then? No, my fellowship with them is not based upon a, a uh, uh, preference for outdoors things or yeah. a preference for uh, the kind of restaurant I like to eat at. Or yeah. I have a strong fellowship with them because it's based upon our relationship a common relationship with the Father. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Good comments in the chat room. Thank you for those. We'll look forward to those and your emails at questions at collegeview dot com. And so we do see in the in the scriptures that our fellowship must be uh, spiritual fellowship must be based on spiritual things. Yeah. Uh, notice in that same context, Jacob, First uh, John chapter one. John goes on to say how you maintain that fellowship. He said First John one verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Notice that this fellowship is contingent upon me staying in a good relationship with the Father and you staying in a good relationship with the Father, too. And as long as we both stay in a good relationship with the Father, by we, default, we, by default, we yeah. continue in fellowship with each other because we're jointly participating in this relationship. It's a spiritual thing, right? Yeah, it's definitely spiritual. No, there's nothing physical there. Yeah, exactly right. Um, again, uh, a couple of verses where it, it says that you might go the wrong direction, have fellowship in the wrong things. Second Corinthians 6.14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Don't do that, it says. You could participate in the wrong things. You could have fellowship with the wrong things. Now, that's interesting because in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, or let's see, uh, verse 6, um, where Paul tell, tells us that we're not to come out of the world, you know, we're going to have to have association with people in the world. So I'm going to have to be doing some things with people in the world Eating with people in the world, playing on the softball team with people from the world, bowling with the people from the world, maybe hunting and fishing with people from the world. But that's not the fellowship he's talking about here in Second Corinthians chapter 6. Right. It's that spiritual. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I, I play golf sometimes with people who are not Christians. Yeah. But I, I don't have fellowship with them in the Bible sense. We, we jointly participate in the golf game, but that doesn't mean that we're in spiritual fellowship with right. each other. Right. Okay. Good. All right, so hopefully we, I think we've got that pinned down and uh, uh, re- really stressing that we can learn about biblical fellowship by seeing how it's used in the scriptures. And I don't want to just wear this point out, but I really think we should reserve the word in that connotation. Now we can talk about these other activities that are not wrong in and of themselves at all, but I think for clarity's sake, Let's, let's reserve that word to use it the way the Bible uses it. Okay. Let us know your thoughts. you agree or you disagree, we'd like to hear from you, 877-381-4567. In our emails uh, today, uh, Clay responded. He said, Jesus is the basis of fellowship, with, which gives us the purpose and a willingness to share. And Jesus must be that uh, source of fellowship, as we've noted. Thank you, Clay, for that. Yeah. Good comment. Rick in the chat room has has commented on the, what we were just talking about there from 1 John chapter 1. He said, John and the other apostles had fellowship 
with the Lord because they heard him, saw him, and handled him. Verses 1 and 2. Verse 3 explains how we have fellowship. The same fellowship John and the apostles had with Jesus is based upon what they declared. That would be their inspired words. Uh, it, this is the same as Second John 9, which mirrors what Jesus said in John 14:23. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. I think that's right, Rick. All right. Thank you, Rick. Let's go ahead and get a break. It would be a good point to stop here, and when we get back, how would you prove that Bible fellowship is a spiritual matter rather than a fleshly or social one? And you said perhaps the easiest way is to show how the word was used in the New Testament. So along the same lines that we've been talking, we'll talk about that some more when we get back. We'll get a break, get this week's bullet point, get your comments on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. There are three kinds of Christians in any local congregation. Which kind are you? First, there are those Christians you can always count on. When there's work to be done, when a volunteer is needed, when a need must be met, you can depend on these folks to step forward. They carry their own weight, and they help others to carry theirs too, as they're taught to do in Galatians 6, verses 2 and 5. There's never a doubt about their commitment or dedication. Their obvious zeal serves as a positive source of encouragement to others. You just never are left to wonder where they stand because they demonstrate their faith in every way. These Christians serve as the core of any faithful congregation. Without them, important work would never get done. Crucial matters would be left unattended. The church simply would not do well. Thank God for all such brethren. May their tribe increase. Second, there are some Christians in the church that are absolutely out of it. They have little, if any, connection to the real work of the local congregation. They never are around if there's work to be done, and they simply do not volunteer to help with the ongoing efforts of the group. It is even impossible to count on these folks to attend the services regularly. Most anything can serve as an excuse for them to miss the assemblies. And observing their spotty attendance, others are left to wonder if they're really doing any profitable work in the service of the Lord. Finally, there's yet another group that is evident in the local church. These are the ones who are riding the fence. They want to give the impression that they're faithful and involved, but in reality their lives are full of compromise. They vocally claim allegiance to Christ, but they can't be counted on to consistently put the kingdom first. Three kinds of Christians, and our Lord described them in this way. Hot, cold, and lukewarm. Revelations 3, verses 15 and 16. Which term describes you? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight. I want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find information about what we believe and what we practice, and you can find information on how you can submit your questions or your comments, or you can just find out here by sending an email to question at co- questions at collegeview.com. We welcome your comments at any time. And we especially solicit your suggestions for future editions of the Virtual Bible Study. You've got a stack of those, I think, going. And yeah. um, yeah, still well, you're getting those on a regular basis? Yeah, and we, we've got several things adding up toward what will uh, undoubtedly be another one of those listener questions not, listener question nights that we like to do. But send those in. If, if, it's, if it's something that deserves the attention of a whole program, we'll do that, or we can add it into one of our 
smorgasbord program. All right. Send those in. Questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about fellowship on the program tonight. All right. So uh, the next question I asked, question three, was how would you prove that true Bible fellowship is a spiritual matter rather than a fleshly or social one? Again, we want to use the word as it's used in the scriptures. Uh, we, uh, we've pointed this out. I just would emphasize again, we're not denying that the word could have application to literally anything that we join together in doing. If we could join together and go rob a bank, Jake, if we could have fellowship and bank robbery, but that's obviously not the way the Bible right. approved. That's not biblically approved fellowship. And, and I think almost exclusively, I, I got a list here of the places where koinonia, uh, uh, we're going to see, I think one of uh, Clay's comments was, you know, if you look at the uh, way the word is used, if you look at its cognates in the Greek, it's almost exclusively used of spiritual things. I, I don't think it's used. It is used. We pointed out it's used of uh, Simon or Simon Peter having partnership with James and John in the fishing business. It's used that way in Luke chapter 5, verse 10. But I got about, I didn't count them. I'm guessing there's 25 places here where the, the word and its roots are used in the New Testament. And almost exclusively it is used of spiritual relationships in the Lord. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, he says here, um, he says, you want, let's read Clay's. He says, okay. well, it's both. The problem with your parenthetical, ther- parenthetical statement is that the English word fellowship doesn't capture all the passages where the original word koinonia and its conjugates are used. Look at Strong's 2841, 2842, 2843, and 2844. Uh, so he's, he's, I've got him right he's here. Got him. Okay. He says, the vast majority of the time it's not translated fellowship but something else. Uh, he says, fellowship is indeed a spiritual matter, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9, 1 John 1, 6, and 7. But it is also used in reference to sharing material possessions, namely but not limited to food and money. Uh, that is fleshly and social, if you want. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, Romans 12, 13, Hebrews 13, 16, 1 Timothy 6, verse 18. I personally think the fellowship in Acts 2.42 has more to do with the sharing of their possessions among the disciples than the spiritual fellowship with the apostles. I really think that the New American Standard highlights that, especially when you look at the broader usage of koinonia and its conjugates as they're used in the New Testament. I, I just got to respectfully disagree with Clay's conclusion there. I, I don't think that Acts 2.42 is talking about them sharing their property. That subject comes up later, but it's not... It's, it's not in the context in, of that verse. It seems it, much more spiritual. Seems more. It seems much narrower. And I know they did do that. They sold their property and shared with one another. In fact, in Acts two, it, it uh, uh, talks about that kind of sharing. And I'm not disputing that they shared that way. But I don't think that's what Acts two verse forty two is talking about. Uh, verse forty four says. All they that believed were together and had all things common and sold their goods, their their possessions and goods, and part of them. Uh, to uh, to all men as every man had need, that that follows the statement in verse 42. But the verse 42, in the context leading up to it, is all about their spiritual activity and 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 in their new relationship in the Lord. Uh, and so I think that's how it's used that way. But I got to tell you, if you want to do a word study of koinonia, uh, it's used. Uh, like we've said, it, the word fellowship or sharing or participation or partakers, the word partaking, 
uh, is a translation of koinonia. Um, the vast majority of times it's, it's translated as fellowship, but often it's used as uh, the word partner or companions or partakers. But almost exclusively, not exclusive, but almost exclusively, it's used of spiritual things they share together. Look, I want to give some examples here, Jacob. Okay. For instance, uh, get, get a taste of the way it's used. Paul had fellowship with the church at Philippi. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, beginning, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Well, what did they do? Well, he said they had fellowship in the gospel. Well, if you go over to chapter 4, beginning verse 14, he says, Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, in, now, ye Philippians know also that at the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Well, the word communicated there. Uh, is the word that we're talking about. They had fellowship with Paul, and they shared in the preaching of the gospel by sending him financial resources to make it possible that he could do that. They had fellowship with him. They didn't say they had a, a, a big party with him or played a ball game with him. They were participating with him in the spread of the gospel by sending financial support to him in the work that he was doing. All right. He also references Romans chapter 12, verse 13, which uses uh, the Greek word uh, koinonio, which uh, means to share with others, communicate, dis- uh, distribute, be partaker. Where it says, for, for as much uh, then as children are partakers of flesh, uh, I'm sorry, let's see. No, 12, 13. 12, 13. Uh, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Distributing is the word koinonia. Yeah. Koinonio. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a, a form of the yeah, word. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And so they shared what they had with uh, with their fellow Christians who were in need. Well, that's a fellowship, certainly, but it's based upon this spiritual relationship in Christ. You know, uh, you could use the word. I could share my money or my resources with a non-Christian, but here it's talking about distributing to the necessity of the saints. I think that's the way the King James says it: distributing to the necessity of the saints. Yes, it is. It was it was a part of that relationship that they shared in the Lord. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I want to give you another example: the churches of Macedonia in Second Corinthians chapter eight, beginning verse one. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and the deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Paul was traveling among the churches gathering up contributed funds to carry to needy saints in Jerusalem. And these Christians in Macedonia wanted to participate in that. They wanted to help their brothers in in Judea or Jerusalem. Uh, They were poor people themselves, but they begged Paul to be able to be a part of this sharing. Notice it was sharing based upon the relationship they had with brethren. Uh, and so, again, I think the sense of that is clearly spiritual. Uh, definitely not a party, a ball game, fun and games, that sort of thing. It's just not used that way. I mean, you, you can search the New Testament through. It's just not used that way. And that's the point we're making. We're not saying that it, 
it wouldn't necessarily we're not saying it wouldn't involve sharing food with someone who is in need if 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 we had a fellow christian and they were impoverished and we carried them essential food to help them that would be an act of fellowship so food's involved but it's not the kind of fellowship like the denominational word world uses that term where we got we got a big we had a big social event and we put on a big spread of food and people who weren't even hungry came and enjoyed it you know that's that's just a different usage of the word all right good uh let us know your thoughts eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven in the chat room he also references first timothy chapter six verse 18 and this is obviously a physical sharing first timothy chapter six uh verse 18 uh, talking to those who are rich, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing, willing to communicate, ready to distribute there uh, is uh, the Greek word uh, that we're looking at here. Um, actually, uh, let's see here. It's uh, the uh, re- willing to communicate is the uh, communicate. Yeah. yeah, is a form of this koinonia that we're talking about. Um, obviously, physical things there. Um, but uh, what you're saying is that there's a there's a distinction here. We don't see the church in the first century being involved in the fun and games kind of fellowship that they want to call it. Yeah, I I think the difference uh, that Clay is pointing out there is we understand the word can be used in different senses, Mm -hmm. but we're trying to uh, limit its usage, Bible fellowship, to use that terminology as it's used biblically. And uh, so, you know, I'm just not going to use the word to apply it. I like to get together and have... Picnics in the park and ball games and all kinds of things, but I'm not going to use the word fellowship to describe that. Let us know your thoughts. Look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. All right. Um, Rick comments on Acts 2.42. Every act mentioned is something done in a congregational worship setting. That would limit it to spiritual matters. The word here probably makes reference to their giving of their means with the addition of singing mentioned in the assembly context of Hebrews 2.12, we have the five acts of worship that the Lord authorized. Uh, guest 8.1.1.2 says, I have often heard that fellowship is never associated with food in the Bible. Well, it is in the sense of providing for needy people, for yeah, needy saints. pointed out here, yeah. yes. That, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, Sadly, some, uh, guest 1457 says, sadly, some churches do the same as denomination calling dinners fellowship. And again, 8112 says, but what if everyone is sharing their food with each other? Isn't fellowship sharing? Yeah, it is sharing. And we're not saying that, you know, we, you couldn't, we're not saying that the word fellowship wouldn't necessarily be, be possibly used that way. That's just not the way it's used in the Bible. Uh, so he says, if everyone's sharing their food with each other, isn't that fellowship because they're sharing? Well, you can use the word that way, but it's not the way it's used in the Bible. All right, let us know what you think. We'll look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. Uh, we're getting uh, close to another break. Is it a good point to stop maybe and, and yeah, we'll come back? We've got two more things to look at. Yeah. Is it wrong? And we want to go to the question, Could we? can we get together and enjoy one another's social company? Yeah. Uh, and, and could we use that sort of thing to draw people... Uh, so that we might teach them the gospel. We'll talk about those when we get back. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Can we use this as a draw? Uh, and we'll look for your answer. 8112, we need to talk about this when we get back. But they were sharing with one another in the in the Bible. They were sharing their food with one another in the Bible. So we'll talk about that. Okay. All right, we'll get a break. Get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. 
Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. 75% of Americans approve of spanking children, a rate that has been steady since 1990. But among parents with minor children at home, only 50% report that they sometimes spank their child, while 45% say they never do. That information is via ABC News. The Word of God says in Proverbs 13, verse 24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, going to the top of the hours. We talk about fellowship. And uh, guest 8112 8, in the chat room made a good, interesting point. Uh, if everyone's sharing their food, isn't that fellowship sharing? And weren't they doing such in the Bible? Well, I think I, think I could use the word fellowship in the biblical sense. And I, I tried to describe this earlier. If we had a brother that was in very bad financial shape and literally didn't have enough food to eat, and we carried some food to him as an act of benevolence that the Scriptures teach us we ought to engage in, then I, I, I wouldn't object to using the word fellowship. That, that's a sharing. You know, that's a contribution. That we're, but, but in that sense, it would be based upon the fact that I'm, I'm to do that for my brother in Christ. Yeah. yeah. Now, I could also share food with someone who's not a Christian, and I ought to do that too. You know, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. Yeah, I think that First Timothy chapter 6 passage would be, wouldn't be limited to those. No, who, it wouldn't. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I can share that way too. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that that wouldn't be a fellowship. But it's not a spiritual fellowship, uh, I, per se. I, I think 1 John chapter 1 says my spiritual fellowship is based upon a common relationship that you have and I have with God. We have spiritual fellowship. I can have fellowship with people in other... I, I, if I enter into a business proposition with a man, I, uh, the word fellowship would apply. I'm having fellowship with him in that business, not a spiritual fellowship. Right. And that's not the way, that's not the way it's typically used in the Bible, although Peter had a partnership with James and John in the fishing business, so... Uh, it shows that you can use the word that way, 
But, that's but not it's not a, a spiritual uh, fellowship. That's right. And it doesn't authorize the church to be engaged in those activities. And I think that's the, the uh, um, important point that we want to make. There's some, there's some deep distinctions here, but what, what the church can be involved in in the area of koinonia yeah. versus what the individual can be involved in in koinonia. Right. Exactly okay. right. Okay. All right. So we asked the question, uh, where, is our, where are our questions? Yeah, oh, here, here, here we are. We asked the question, is Watch it wrong for Christians to get together, share a meal, have a party? Simple answer, no. Okay. <laughs> that, that's got to be one of the easiest questions we ever ask. Next. But can the church organize or sponsor such an event? Yeah. And that's often, that's often the justification that's used. As you've been saying several times tonight, Jacob, you've got to be careful because if you misuse the word, then it might lead you to do things that you shouldn't be doing. If we associate the word fellowship with just having a party, mm-hmm. Having, having good food, enjoying one another's social company. If we call that fellowship, then, well, can't the church be involved in fellowship? Yeah. And sounds, the, it sounds religious. And, and if the church can be involved in fellowship, if that's fellowship, and the church is all about fellowship, then why can't the church organize the party? Yeah. Provide the food. Build a facility so we can do it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the danger of where, uh, you know, uh, an inaccurate use of the terminology can lead. All right. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think about that? Uh, 877-381-4567. No, certainly it is not wrong to share a meal together or have a party. And we could go back to Acts chapter 2 for justification for that, where we see that they did that. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, so they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. It's clear that they enjoyed associating with one another. Yeah. You know, in fact, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, where Paul was insisting that the church at Corinth discipline this unruly member, the man who had married his own father's wife, and they hadn't done anything about it. And one of the things he told them was, with such a one, no, not to eat. Yeah. Uh, he says in verse, uh, uh, which verse is that? Uh, verse uh, 9, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 9, I wrote to you in an epistle yeah. not to keep company with fornicators. Verse 11 is the one that says, with such a one, no, not to eat. The fact that he's telling them don't eat with him, don't have that social company with him, shows that they that, that was a normal part of of their activities as Christians. And he says, withdraw that from him so that he'll be ashamed. Yeah. So we're not denying that Christians get together and do this. It's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Good can come from it. But that's not the fellowship of the Bible. That you know, That's not the way the word's used. It's not spiritual fellowship. It's not spiritual fellowship. Yeah, right. It's social. And, and we ask the question, could the church organize such a thing because it is fellowship? And you know, the Apostle Paul actually talked about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The church at Corinth was doing that, and he condemned them for it. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 34, he said, If any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together into condemnation. So did the churches ever do that? Yes. And they were condemned for doing so. And Paul said, don't be doing that. Okay. Kevin submitted a stumper in the chat room tonight. I'll get your comment on it, and uh, maybe you, maybe we may have to withhold comment until we can do some more research. Philippians, or sorry, Philemon, verse 6. Translated the same word as communication rather than fellowship. Any comments on that? And Philemon, uh, what's it verse say? Six. Philemon verse six says, uh, "Yeah, you got a tricky one here. You got 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 to hit it here right on the same on the page." Verse six says, 
that the sharing of your faith may become evident by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So the sharing or communication of your faith. There's translated. That sounds spiritual to me. Uh, In other words, the sharing of the faith. Um, Hearing verse five, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That sounds spiritual to me. Uh, In other words, he was communicating or sharing his faith with with those who had similar faith. Toward all the saints, it says in verse 5. I wouldn't think that that's an exception to the, what we've been trying to describe in our lesson tonight. But I, 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 may, I don't know, Kevin. I don't know if you're seeing something there I don't see or not. All right. Look forward to your thoughts on that, could Kevin. You say, maybe his question is, um, could, you, could you put the word fellowship uh, in verse 6? That the fellowship of thy faith may be effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Um, maybe I don't. I don't. I don't see that. Uh, so I haven't really thought about that passage, Kevin. I don't see it as an exception, but I might. You might show me something I don't see there. Okay, let us know your thoughts. Um, might be a connection with the word faith. He says there. All right, we All got right. just one a, more. One more question. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, you got one more. question. Oh, oh yeah, one more question. Uh, what about using social or recreational activities as a means of drawing people that we might then be able to teach the gospel? Now, Clay, Clay took that a little different, and I have, I have to uh, agree that the, this poorly worded question, uh, what would, he, he said in answer to that, what would preclude me from having my neighbors over to eat and share Jesus with them? And, and so the question was, in, was uh, poorly worded in the sense that I, it, it implied that that would be wrong. I don't think that would be wrong. I think that would be fine yeah. you know, uh, for, for me to do that. What we were talking about there was more the idea of the church. You know, you and I, that. I think you were I think you were with me that day in Nashville when we posed that question to, to people, where's the authority for this? Where's the authority for the church to build a big gymnasium? You remember the guy that called in? He had the audacity to say, well, it's a short walk from the gymnasium to the sanctuary. I do remember that. Okay. In other words, you're gonna, we're going to bring these folks in. We don't want to tell them. You know, we just want them to come play basketball. And then when they get thirsty and go down the hall to look for the water fountain, maybe they'll make a wrong turn and we can give them, do, do a little Turn teaching. in there where we're having a sermon. Yeah, we might could slip a little teaching in on them. Yeah. And I think that's the approach that a lot of folks are using. That we've got to get people to come for our financial seminar. We've got to get people to come for our basket weaving class. And then maybe they'll stick around we can teach them a little bit. Hmm. And it's just totally opposite of what... And I, I, I think in a way that it reflects a... Uh, lack of confidence in the gospel to be the power of God into salvation, Romans 1, verse 16. Yep. But, you know, an example in the life of Jesus that often comes up is him feeding the multitudes. Yep. But I think even that, if you would analyze the couple of instances where Jesus fed the multitudes, I think it's clear that Jesus did not use that as as the drawing card. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 32 the people had been with Jesus for three days before he said, we've got to give them something to eat. They'll faint on their way home. Right. He didn't draw them with food. They didn't even get any food for three days. They were so anxious to hear what he was teaching. Mm-hmm. They did not come with the enticement of food. Now, food was given to them as, a, as an act of compassion. After three days, they'd been there listening to him teach. And Jesus said, we can't send them away. They'll faint on the way right. home. Uh, uh, on another occasion... 
the disciples in, in, in Matthew 14, the disciples said, let's send the people away so they can go and buy some food. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't come with the enticement of food. And then uh, clearly proves that no promise of food had been made to them. And on, in, in John 6, Jesus had fed them. And the next day when they came back, he perceived that they had come just for the food and he wouldn't feed them. John chapter 6, verse 26 is yeah. the reference there. Uh, so Jesus refused to use it as the drawing card. Right, exactly. Okay. And I think that's, I, I really think that that's significant you know, for all of the people who say, let's get them here and then maybe we can teach them. Let's entice them with something. You know, of a physical nature, yeah. a carnal nature. I mean, you're flying right in the face of what Jesus did. You're you're doing the opposite of the example that he set in that matter. Uh, and again, I'm I'm thinking that if you were real honest about it, you're saying the gospel's not enough. It's a bait and switch tactic. Yeah, in a business in a business setting, you, that would be called a bait and switch. Yeah. We're going to try and get them in here with the low price soft drinks, and then we'll sell them something more expensive when they get here. Yeah. Uh, and it does. It, it it is offensive to me for folks to use that approach. It, it's like we've got damaged goods here that uh, nobody wants the gospel. Uh, We're going to have to try and you know, slip it in on them. Yeah. Um, real quickly, uh, Brendan in Oregon says it all comes from the social gospel and think of the church as a service instead of us serving the church. Uh, Kevin says we could team up a lot of worldly things that might bring people together, many of them sinful. Yeah, you know, I've often made that point. If we wanted to fill every seat in the church building on Sunday, we could do it. It would be pretty easy to devise a scheme that would get more people here than the, the building could hold. We could hold. take the podium out and uh, the pulpit out and uh, put a wrestling ring in and let the elders And they're doing that. Ahead. And they're doing that. Yeah. And they're doing that in places. Uh uh, Brendan says, often the mentality is, what does this church offer instead of what can I offer to the church? Rick says, Jesus condemned the multitudes for seeking him only for the loaves and fishes in John 6. In the same context, Jesus shows what is to be the drawing power in verses 44 and 45. Kevin says, Brent, uh, yeah, uh, what, what can I offer God ought to be the question, Kevin says. Uh, and Brendan agrees, that's what it comes down to. And then Kevin says, baiting and switching... Bait and switch in the business world is considered illegal, uh, unethical practice. Okay. So why would it be ethical in the religious business? It's a, well, to me it's offensive, and uh, I don't know. I, well, I think we covered it. I think I think it's a really important topic. And, and again, I, I just want to say one more time, I'm, I, I, I'm not disagreeing that you can use that word about a lot of things, but I, I just want to really urge that we limit its usage to the way it's properly used in the Bible, it is talking about a spiritual relationship between people who have a common relationship with God. And when we see that sharing uh, in other areas, that, that, those, those, that activity is done on a personal scale. Right. The fishing fellowship that uh, the apostles had and, yeah. and the sharing that the rich folks do in First Timothy chapter 6. Yeah. Those, those, are, those are on the individual level. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, we couldn't say, well, you know, we got, the church is authorized to have fellowship to provide fellowship, so we're going to start a fishing uh, charter here. Well, we're going to build a fellowship hall. Yeah. If, if the church can do fellowship, then why can't we build a fellowship hall? And see, if you use it wrong, if you use the word in a wrong or inaccurate way, then you're opening the door to some abuses. And a lot of people have just gone 
all the way on those abuses. All right. If you've got thoughts about what we've said tonight, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Questions at collegeview.com. Good discussion tonight, Dad. Thanks for I'm glad we were able to get it out. Thanks to you and Dan again for getting us back uh, in operation. Uh, we were... We were uh, Dead in the water there for a while today. Dan's been so tired from getting us all fixed up that he hasn't been able to say anything all night. Dan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jake. Thank you for your help. And uh, we hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope to make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.